Ow, shit. Ow. There's a cabinet here. God, who puts a cabinet there? That's the worst spot. Worst spot. Hey, Zach. Hey, Steven. Uh, let's start off with some follow-up. We got uh, microphones, first off. Yes. You didn't know how they worked, except for like the, the one sentence of how they work that you get in physics class. Yeah. So how do they work? So I was most interested in how microphones produce their pickup patterns. So if you see on a microphone diagram, it has a funny little shape that looks like a heart sometimes, and sometimes looks mm. like a figure eight or just like a circle for omnidirectional. Yeah. How how do you make microphones pick up those different sounds, especially ones that you can change uh, without like moving parts? I was very interested in that. Okay. I'm also interested. And I have to say... I, I got five minutes into doing this research, and I wrote the, I wrote down the sentence. This is how impatient I am. I'm very impatient when it comes to research. <laughs> okay. I just wrote down the sentence. I know what the diagrams mean. I want to know what makes them pick up sound in that pattern. And I wrote it in all caps. And is that... Nope, it's the... not... Okay. I, I did figure it out eventually, but it took okay. me entirely too long. Because <laughs> you had I, to slog through them explaining what the diagrams mean. Well, I mean, most of them were just like... How do microphones pickup patterns work? And I clicked on that one, and then it said, mm -hmm. the cardioid one picks up sound in a cardioid shape. Ooh, and that's And the omnidirectional cleared. one picks up sound from all directions. The hypercardioid Thanks. picks up sound in a hypercardioid shape with the little I'm bit of the back. I'm glad you can explain some, some Latin roots to me. Yes. Uh... But I no longer care about how long it took to get there, because it was worth it, Zach. It is the coolest thing Ooh. ever. Ooh! A cardioid pattern is achieved by putting two membranes in the microphone. Okay? Okay. So the membranes are the things that go back and forth when sound hits them. Uh, yeah. And so there's two, there's two styles in a cardioid mic. There's the omnidirectional kind and a figure eight kind. You're going to have to help okay. me, because I, I can only explain it with my fingers. So mm -hmm. it's like this, and the sound's coming like that. Right. And it so goes, the membrane is a plane. Yes. And the sound moves across the plane. Yeah, kind of. It it, it it does move the membrane, but it doesn't go... It doesn't come from underneath the membrane. They're shielding and stuff. So it comes from the side of the plane. Or the front of it, but just not the back. Okay. So it's now the, the shielding that makes the pickup pattern then. For an omnidirectional mic, yeah. And then so the, and then the figure eight one can get sound from both sides. So it's like this, and the sound's coming like that, and the sound's coming like that. But not like this, really, because the sound won't do anything from this side. Okay, so that's a plane. And <laughs> coming perpendicular to the plane from either side, you can pick up audio. But if you're parallel with the plane, if you're in line with the plane... Okay, here we go. Imagine an old time, uh, old timey, uh, like pocket watch with a cover. Right. Okay. So if you flip up the cover, it's gonna go ninety degrees to the original uh, clock. I'm following. Okay. The figure eight is the cover, and the omnidirectional is the clock. So it's an omnidirectional and a figure eight stuck together, and that's in the cardioid microphone. The the two membranes are perpendicular to each other. Huh. Okay. And now the... Gotta get back to my notes. Um, 
If a pressure wave hits both the omnidirectional and the figure eight, the signals will cancel, and that makes it so that only waves from the front and sides of the mic will be recorded. And that's why it's got the cardioid shape, is because it starts falling off as it gets closer to the back. Yes. Cool. It's really cool. Yeah. And so you can adjust the ratios of how much they cancel each other and change the shape of the pickup pattern. And by adjusting those ratios and how the shielding and the membranes are positioned in the microphone, you can achieve basically any shape you want. Just with those two membranes. Yep. Okay. I feel like I've got one more level above. I, I have some questions still, but I don't know how to articulate them. But that's really cool. It is very cool, and I'm glad I looked it up. Yeah. Uh, you asked me to look up uh, the, the, whole, the whole deal with the lawmakers getting sick off of raw milk. Mm. In West Virginia, they passed a law. This was a few years ago that um, I, I guess I have done more research now. So can you recap what, what the story was last week? I can try. So basically what happened was that West Virginians were like, we want to be able to drink raw milk. And lawmakers were like, we hear you, people. We will pass a law that, uh, so you can drink raw milk, just don't sell it, okay? Mm-hmm. And to celebrate, the lawmakers all drank some raw milk and pretty much all of them got food poisoning. Uh, not all of them, but yeah, there was sickness after they drank the raw milk. But really, we were looking into why... Do lawmakers want to make it legal to drink raw milk? Right. Like, why is why is that a issue? So I looked around. Um, I found out that the way that it does work is people who want to be able to drink raw milk own parts of a cow. It's like you timeshare a cow, basically. Okay. <laughs> and so if they, it, it's a, it's called a herd share. And so everybody owns a fraction of the herd. And if you own a fraction of the herd, you can drink the whole herd's raw milk. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because you need to be an owner to drink the raw milk. Mm-hmm. But until then, some component of that, I think being an owner and drinking the raw milk was illegal. Right. Um, and the reason it's illegal is because the FDA has done studies and said, hey, we have pretty clear indicators that if you drink raw milk, you will increase the amount of pathogens in your body. Gotta increase those pathogens. It's like vitamins, right? And the the raw milk proponents say, hmm, but when you pasteurize things, you get rid of all of the good bacteria too, the probiotics and stuff. And the FDA says, hmm, that's not at all what our research says. Our research says it isn't probiotic in the first place. <laughs> so that doesn't uh, really help your case, does it? So, and um, Okay, keep going. Sorry. I'm sure you have a the, whole script here. The, the raw milk people say, but what about the free radicals? And the FDA just kind of frowns at them. And <laughs> Zach, can you help me out with that term? No, I, I, I really can't. I've only heard it in terms of health food that you decrease the, the amount of free radicals in your body. Higher is bad. So you want to decrease it by adding electrolytes. It's confusing because they use some like... Some terms that I'm used to hearing in normal science and some terms that I've only heard in health food science. (laughs) Okay. So I think maybe something that you get with raw milk is supposed to help decrease the amount of free radicals in your body. Okay. And all of that combined to somebody saying they uh, sued or not, they, they fought the 
the people against them, including the FDA, and got this legalized raw milk bill passed. Uh, and just generally, I'm gonna go out and say as a blanket rule, anytime you have to fight the FDA to pass something, at least, like, step back and look at it. Okay, yeah, probably a good rule of thumb. Um, they think that, or they, they say that raw milk is better because it allows farmers to sell directly to people, so that people can support the local farmers. What? Right. No, that won't happen. Sorry. Also, there are other ways to support local farmers. Dropping bars of gold in their mailbox. Right. Perfect. Um, So if you are wondering, in Wisconsin, it is legal to drink raw milk, and it is legal to get raw milk, but it is not legal for retailers to sell raw milk. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. It is not legal to transport raw milk across state lines in the entirety of the United States. Unless it's in aged cheese. Okay, so here's what we do. Okay. We get a ball of cheese. <laughs> a ball of aged cheese. We hollow it out. <laughs> Just make sure it's not Swiss. What do you, who do I look like? Do I look like an idiot to you, Zach? Of course it's not Swiss. <laughs> of course it's not Swiss. Can Swiss be all that aged? I don't think that's a yeah, thing I'd want. I don't think aged Swiss. Well, let's see. Aged <laughs> Swiss. Yes, you can get aged Swiss cheese. All right, what's your transition? I'm expecting it to be very smooth and incredible. From raw milk to WWDC. And just like Swiss cheese gets better every year as it ages, so too does iOS. Incredible. Incredible. <laughs> Insert some, like, uh, crowd applause sounds. <laughs> I guess I could pull up my notes on WWDC. Sitting over there in the corner glaring at me. Absolutely glaring at me. <laughs> So WWDC happened, and because we are a pre- supposedly a tech podcast, I guess, um, that's a thing we should mention. I don't have all that much to say about it. It was a lot of just, here, we made this thing a little better. Uh, I think that shortcuts are neat. Siri shortcuts are neat, whatever it was. Yep. I'm not idea. super invested in any of the Apple ecosystem at the moment, so none of it really stuck out to me. I didn't watch the whole keynote. I just watched some summary here's what you missed from the apple keynote kind of videos mm-hmm. but they do seem to be doing one thing which is catching up to google but better uh, for example their recommended search view in photos is a lot like google's photos recommended search view except from what i can tell it's all on device computations yeah. and face detection and all of that kind of thing And so Mm -hmm. I think Apple is just doing Google's thing a little bit late and a lot more on device. Yeah, it's about right. I am mildly excited for a few things. None of them are flashy, though. Like, we, Zach, you and I care about Siri shortcuts. Yeah. And tech nerds care about Siri shortcuts. um, Because we both got started with Automator. Yeah, right. And it's, it's just... I don't know. Uh, it was a. It was a. I have a feeling that this is going to be 
a good iOS. Mm-hmm. iOS 12 is going to be a good iOS. They're going to be mild and few bugs. It's going to be faster, and that's good. But this is this was not by any account a flashy conference. I'm gonna say something. There's nothing you okay, and and someone might yell at me for it, but I feel like it was pretty akin to a Microsoft conference. Ooh, maybe. Here's a few things we I made better. You say that you expected us to make some things better, and we did. Come back next year when we make more things a little better. <laughs> also, here's a 30 minute VR demo. God, I AR Zach. AR. It's all about yeah, AR right. now. Mm-hmm. AR Legos. Was the VR demo last year when they had Darth Vader on stage? Yeah, that was last year. With the Mac with Pro? With the iMac Pro. Yeah. Zach, can you even imagine a FaceTime with 32 simultaneous connections? No. I can't either. I've, I've done Skype with like eight people before, and usually that's just two or three people talking and everyone else making food or something. Mm-hmm. It just sounds like such a mess. I'm excited because I think it's going to be a good iOS. However, it was not anything exciting and mm-hmm. we uh, and we don't need to talk about it that much. What feature are you looking for next iOS? What feature would make you go, oh my god, Apple, we need to talk about this for a whole hour? Uh, For iOS 13, you mean? Yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Um... Okay. I'm assuming this is it's a thing I want because there's a lot of things I would talk about for a whole hour that Apple could do. For example, <laughs> like discontinuing the iPhone. Ooh, it's bad. Like that would be something I could probably talk about for an hour. I want to hear alternate universe Steven's hour long rant about discontinuing the iPhone. It wouldn't be a rant. It would be speculation on why. Okay. Because the iPhone is by far Apple's most profitable product. Mm-hmm. So discontinuing it would be like google just saying yeah search we're not doing that anymore <laughs> like it just we well, have but something search, so much search better. isn't really all that profitable fair enough uh it'd be like um microsoft uh shoot microsoft not making windows okay yeah or, it's, it's or just, just discontinuing office focusing on azure now yeah it's, it's just be like amazon stop selling things mm-hmm we're only doing Amazon Web Services, <laughs> which is a highly profitable company, but not nearly as profitable as online shopping. Mm-hmm. As far as I know, they don't tell you a whole lot about that. Um, the it, it's It'd be interesting because you have to assume that Apple is doing something else and they need all hands on deck. The okay, entire yeah. iPhone team, you know? I think they have enough money to just buy more hands and not let us know that they're totally pivoting. Zach. You're wrong. <laughs> you know, I, and I I think two weeks ago, I would have said, yeah, you're probably right. They could buy more hands. But I recently found myself in a corporate office. Okay. And more hands are not better. Right. But iOS hands also aren't the best Google Glass hands. Well, that's the thing. We'd have to say, okay, well, they're specifically discontinuing the iPhone, which means they are doing something mildly iPhone-like for those engineers mm-hmm. to be useful. Something that only they think the that they think only the iPhone team could produce. Exactly. Ah, okay. You're right. That is that would be interesting in a product speculation fashion. Mm-hmm. So whatever alternate universe Steven is ranting about slash 
excitedly talking about that he thinks only the iPhone team could produce. North Carolina has its own opinions on what only can be produced by hooved animals. Yeah, so North Carolina is cracking down on non-dairy products being marketed as milk. Oh! So, uh, starting, if not now, very soon... So this is a state-local dairy pride kind of thing? Yeah, North Carolina, state senate. Yeah. So, in North Carolina, to be labeled milk in stores, it must, quote, have come from a hooved animal... And there's some interesting quotes from uh-huh. North Carolina Agricultural Commissioner Steve Troxler. So you could sell pig milk and call it milk. Yes, goat, uh, camel, that kind of thing. Llama. Yeah, llama. I don't think llamas produce much milk, do they? Most mammals don't. They have enough for their babies, but not a whole lot for humans. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, so what what do they say? So Steve Troxler, the North Carolina Agricultural Commissioner, said... The products are fine, but they need to be properly labeled so that the public understands what they're buying. Okay. When asked if there was any evidence that consumers are confused by labels, Troxler said... Thank you, journalists. He didn't... What? Thank you, journalists. That's that's yeah. the question I've been wanting to ask Tammy Baldwin for a year now. <laughs> uh, so, when asked about the, the evidence, uh, Troxler said he didn't need it. Quote, I don't need evidence, he said. Mm. It's already the law. Okay. Me. <laughs> Real cool. Real cool. Uh, sen- uh, Senator Tom Mc- McGinnis, M-C-I-N-N-I-S. Sure. McGinnis said he was one of the confused customers that Troxler ma- mentioned. Okay. Yep. Quote, I would have bet my car that there was some semblance of milk in those products, and I would have lost my car. <laughs> anecdotal evidence the best kind of evidence Mm -hmm. that's i mean okay that's all of the quotes i found but my official statement on this action is that this is a very small overstep of governmental power yes the people who market this product have decided that it will will sell better if they market it as quote milk who cares if it comes from an animal it's not harmful and it has many of the same nutritional benefits that cow goat camel etc milk does it doesn't matter that much but i have not seen any good arguments to disallow calling something almond milk really the only one that i've seen is people are too stupid to know the difference and we have to protect them from the evil almond milk producers but who what people you can't just that's the only have oh the silent majority wants me to ban all non-cow milks well here's the thing zach hippies it's not they don't need evidence because what they have is a law. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, yes, that too. But they don't need evidence because they have uh, dairy conglomerations paying them. But that's not how evidence-based policy should work at all. You don't need evidence-based policy policy when you have finances for your next campaign. Gross. Much like almond milk is gross. Speaking of which, we have a new sponsor. It's cows. No, we, we, God, we should totally get like, is it Silk that does the soy milk? I don't, we should get the New Barn. New Barn, if you would like to become a sponsor, uh, my email is steven at stephenberry.rocks. Mine is zach at zacksharp.me, or you can reach out on Twitter. I'm at the puns guy. <laughs> I'm at not Stephen Barry. DMs are open. <laughs> 
Uh, speaking of Silk, Zach. Yeah. Have you ever heard of a website called Silk Road? I have heard of it. Ever been there? No. Good. Probably. Depends on what you're doing. I'm wondering if I could have created the Silk Road website. Not from a technical standpoint, but from a moral standpoint. Okay, I thought this was a technical question. Okay, so here's some background for listeners who aren't familiar Mm -hmm. with it. The Silk Road was a website on the dark web that allowed people to buy and sell whatever they wanted anonymously. And dark web just means you couldn't just Google the Silk Road and get there. Yes, not the deep web. That's different. This included illegal illegal drugs, weapons, and services like murder. Oh, it also included legal sales with no regulations for things like tobacco, art, and jewelry. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was created by a dude named Ross. Oh boy, here we go. Ulbricht. Ulbricht. All right, let me look it up. U l b r i c h t. Ulbricht. Oh, let's see. Do they have a pronunciation? I feel like that's a long U. Ulbricht. Nope, no pronunciation guide on Wikipedia. Ross. We're going to call him Ross. Ross. It was created by some dude named Ross who hated government regulation. He built this website so that people would have a way to sell things online without the government interfering. So uh, some of our listeners know that I'm generally advocate for less government intervention where markets are concerned. Mm -hmm. In general, and there are plenty of exceptions, but I won't list them. I want to run a thought experiment with you, Zach. I've done my best not to think about this too much before now, so we can do it all on the podcast. So if I created an anonymous marketplace, what would be allowed? What would I do to protect that anonymity? I think it's somewhere between Amazon and Silk Road. Because Ross allegedly took out a hit on six people in order to protect the Silk Road. Oh, okay. Yeah, I would not do that. Yeah, so basically this guy got too far in, Uh and he just like... He created the thing, people started selling things, and then, like, oh, well, and he started, like, justifying it to himself, like, well, just because someone overdosed on a product that was sold in the Silk Road doesn't make it my mm-hmm. fault, right? Which, in some ways, is I th- Yeah, I can understand that but, as a gray area. Mm-hmm. But once you start taking out hits on people, I, I think that that's a line once I would not cross. Once you notice there's murder being sold on your site, that's a line you should not cross. I haven't gotten there yet. So, like I said, I haven't thought about this okay. at all yet. I, all I've thought about is, okay, I wouldn't myself take out a hit on someone. Okay. Um, so, let's start at the Amazon side of things, uh-huh. I think, and work our way up. So Amazon doesn't allow the selling of any uh, illegal goods, Mm -hmm. and they do it, and and I think, uh, I don't believe they allow the selling of things that are, or, I don't think you can buy tobacco on Amazon. Probably not. So anything with major government regulations, they stray away from as well. Okay, so, and they also probably have a sales tax. Right. Okay, so if I created an anonymous uh, marketplace, mm-hmm. would there be sales tax for the government? Uh, it's kind of hard to report that. Yeah, so I would say no. Like, my vote would be yes if there was some way to give that without having to report where you got it, but that's not a thing you can do. Yep. So I, I'm going to say no mm-hmm. on that. Um, as far as what goods are sold, let's see. Would you allow um, 
reproduction goods. Like if Segway has a patent on a thing and someone else in China makes a perfect copy of a Segway Mm -hmm. and they're still selling things. Amazon, I'm pretty sure if Segway said, hey, here's our patent, please stop them from selling this stuff. Amazon would say, yep, Mm -hmm. you got it. We are not going to fight the U.S. patent system. Yeah, no, I think off-brand Segways would be allowed. Okay. Um, what about the the Samsung phones that blew up after everybody knew they blew up? Ooh, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah, that'd be allowed. Can you talk me, yeah, talk me through the thinking of that? So I, I think, um, so the, the patent one is more on the principle of the site, right? So I can't say this isn't Segway mm-hmm. selling it. It's anonymous. Yeah. You can't, I mean. Okay. It, and maybe I'm maybe I'm not thinking this through entirely, but that was the general thought. Mm-hmm. So for the for the dangerous Samsung phones, it, I guess it's like buying fireworks for me. <laughs> okay. It, which is funny because it explodes, yeah. but if it just like if it released a poison gas on occasion, mm-hmm. like there's a chance this is going to happen and you know there's a, and you have to be aware of that as a consumer and if it didn't like if okay that that thought didn't form all the way but it spurned another one so it spurred not spurned okay um i I guess that makes sense that you can expect the the user to have done their due diligence and made sure that samsung's phones don't explode what about Mm -hmm. some off-brand thing with no label on it that occasionally releases poison gas Hmm. Is the purpose of the product to release poison gas? Let's say no for right now. Then yes. See, this is where it starts getting hard for me. Uh Because I don't know exactly where my lines are. Like, this is just a bad product. Right. You're allowed to buy bad products. Okay. I I think you should be allowed to buy bad products. But then the first person can leave a review and say, hey, this releases poison gas. Yeah. But what if they don't know? What if they die of poison gas before they can write a review? <laughs> um, that's a good question, and I don't know exactly how to resolve that. Um, I am still leaning towards allowing it to be sold. Okay. Um, I'm not sure, but I'm guessing on the Silk Road you could buy explosive devices. Yes, you could buy firearms and um, ammunitions as well. Okay. Would you allow people to sell and purchase explosive devices? This is also like me acting as mm-hmm. Ross, right? So this is me acting as government uh, intervention in markets are bad and we should be able to make anonymous transactions without government getting in the way. But there is a moral line not to be crossed, and I think Ross crossed it, and I'm trying to figure out where that would be if I was okay. in Ross's position. This isn't what I would do. I would not yeah. create an anonymous marketplace, because that's a terrible idea. But if you had created an anonymous marketplace, the moral line wouldn't be drawn at selling explosives. No, because they're not explicitly for harm. And I'm guessing the same thing goes to guns. The same thing goes for hunting rifles. The same thing does not go for assault weapons. So you wouldn't allow assault weapons? That's what I'm telling myself. Mm. And I think that is a reasonable line. Okay. 
if you're yeah. in Ross's position. If you just said Steven trying to figure out where the moral line is. If the if the thing is explicitly for hurting people, we're not going to sell it. Okay. Like I think that's a line, mm-hmm. maybe not the line, but it is a good starting point. So like human trafficking, we're not going to do because that is explicitly yeah. hurting someone. Hmm. I think we would allow prostitution. Okay. Because that is not explicitly hurting someone. How do you... That was... There was some um, backdoor.com, I think, recently got in trouble because it was a prostitution website, but then there was also some human trafficking Mm -hmm. happening there. And you're saying that we just live in a world where you have a perfect filtering system between prostitution and... No, but if I said, like, if the... If the description says, like, oh, God, okay, I can't. Yeah. Can we move away from prostitution? Because I don't want to okay. say any of these things out loud. But, yeah, there, um, you would just almost need to keep up on the like, coded language of what they're actually marketing. Yeah, it's a difficult problem. I think it's a solvable one. So I, I would say uh, illegal drugs, in most cases, are okay. Because they don't... The cases where they would not be okay is, like, uh, the drug that you explicitly use for date rape. Okay. Like, that's the only thing that that Mm -hmm. drug is used for. We don't sell it here because it is exclusively for raping people. But marijuana, that's not exclusively... That's not explicitly for hurting people. What about, like, heroin? Because marijuana is... Most people, I think don't see it as a terrible drug as like the class one thing that it currently is Mm -hmm. so heroin's funny typically you use it Mm -hmm. on yourself and it is not for the purpose of hurting yourself it is for the purpose of getting Mm -hmm. high however it is extremely likely to hurt you hmm my instincts are saying it is allowed. Okay. Um, this would definitely be a Stephen Barry thing and not a co-venture between us. My line falls somewhere far <laughs> before that, near the exploding cell phones. Okay, but Zach, you're you're right. in the wrong headspace. You're not thinking about what Ross should have done. You're thinking about what you would do, which is mm-hmm. not create an anonymous marketplace. And so what should he have done when when he saw that someone was selling an assault rifle? So if I were Ross with my own morals and let's just say I had his ideology, which I do not, when I saw an assault rifle or my bots picked up an assault rifle on the website, then I say, no, I Mm -hmm. I take it down and don't allow whatever. I don't think he had any way of actually tracking them, but like, don't you let them use that Bitcoin wallet address or whatever. Okay. Is there any point that would come where you would pull the plug? Could you see where you just unplug all the servers? Definitely. I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. but there's definitely a point where this is just too out of hand and people are misusing it so incredibly. Okay. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Please mind the gap between the train and the platform. This is Ben, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. EU, Europe. EU? Yeah, EU. (laughs) The gap is there because geometry. Circles and lines aren't the same thing. 
as you might be able to tell, because usually our, our PSAs are relevant to our lives and the things that are around us. Uh, I'm not in the U.S. still. But you're not in Sweden either. Correct. They don't say, please mind the gap in Sweden. They say something in Swedish. <laughs> Those crazy Swedes <laughs> saying things in other languages. Uh, so I was previously in the U.K., in London. I am now in Belgium. That's not what your Slack says. Right. That's because I just got to Belgium today. I need... I'll fix it. Live updates, Zach. Okay. Here we go. I'm I legitimately thought you were in the UK. <laughs> so Zach changed his little emoji to the great... The, the Union Jack. Or not the Union Jack, but whatever it's actually called. You can't just type the country name into the Slack search. It just has to be the flag code rude okay fixed awesome actually wait i'm in brussels which is the seat of the eu oh boy i there. don't think you get to com mm. what the belgium flag is so much better though all right i'll fix it <laughs> it's the eu flag just does not work in emoji form no yeah it's too fine grain mm -hmm. anyway how's the vacationing zach the vacationing is going well i uh, I haven't looked at my to-do list in weeks. Oh, God, that gives me so much stress. I actually... Here, let's see. How many overdue items do oh, I have? Oh, no. God, don't tell me. 14, which is better than most of the time uh, when I'm being productive. It's because you're not adding anything to your to-do list either. I am, though. They just don't have dates attached. <laughs> so you just have hundreds of to-dos. No, but... I actually only have two things in the inbox. I'm, I'm decently oh. on top of it. Vacationing is so stressful. And the other thing is most of the things that I'm doing, like most of the things that are on my to-do list are like clean up around the house, water the plants that I just like this one. Okay, here I can, bam, this I don't need to do until June, July, August. There. Now, now I don't need to worry about that for a month and a half. Wow. I do have something I need to worry about, which is that the vlog still isn't edited. Um, and I set myself the deadline of at only a year late. <laughs> oh, that's so funny to me. Yeah. I, the other thing is I'm traveling with other people and I don't want to be like, sorry, other person I'm traveling with. Can we just stop for a day while I go through my to-do list and a day uh, well and clean out my emails and stuff? Cause it's been a while. It'll take time to coordinate. It won't take just, a day, no. but okay. It'll take an evening, maybe. Right, and the evening is the best time to go out and hit the... I don't, I don't know. I think it's the time to hit the clubs, maybe. <laughs> okay, Zach, you have until August. You can take one night off. Right, yeah. But the, the person I'm traveling with only has two weeks here, is the okay. hard part. Yeah, yeah. But yes, I could just say, hey, I'm going to sit in a cafe for a while. And... No, I think you're right about in, in that way. It just... I don't think I would be able to do it. I think I would have to tell the person I'm traveling with that they need to just suck it up because I need to get this to-do to done. Mm -hmm. well, most of it, a lot of it doesn't need to be done besides, I suppose, going through my emails. But a lot of it are little notes to myself or reoccurring tasks that I just need to push off until I get okay. back home. So I think if I sit down and really clean it up once, it should be a lot better for the rest of mm -hmm. the trip. So you're right. That's what I ought to do. Sorry, you were talking about how much fun it is to vacation. Oh, yeah. I completely ruined that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's 
it's good. It is fun. Um, one of the fun things is I don't I don't keep normal souvenirs. They just don't appeal to me usually. But I figured out that I'm a nerd, and the way that I I want to do souvenirs from now on is everywhere I go, I get the uh, transport service card, and I would just like to hang okay. on to all of the transport cards of everywhere that I've been. Okay. That sounds like a good idea. And that feels like a good way because now I've been to the one in um, the one in Brussels actually all have Smurfs on them. Oh, yeah. No, those go in the garbage. Why? <laughs> Why not? I'm not a souvenir kind of person. Okay. I'm not either. You just need to find your kind of souvenir. Memories? Are memories good? Photographs. I like memories. Yeah, that's the best kind of souvenir. Photographs. And as such, as as I'm a nerd, I figured out that there is a transportation museum in London, which is part of uh, the mayor's effort of uniting transport for London all under one roof. Um, they also have this it's whole not museum. An effective that... transport sy- system if it's all under one roof. <laughs> they just covered. It's roof? like the dome. They just covered all of Greater London in a big <laughs> dome. Yep. And it's like you skyhook onto the dome. There's a bunch of little railings that That'd just be go fantastic. They crisscross over the dome. Like you put on a little harness and just go. It's actually like that. Part it for part of it. Not not exactly. Not really. <laughs> they have a cable car. Like um you might see it That's a fair so much less fun. as part of their transit system, actually. Like it's got the the round L, the fancy mm. symbol that you know in your head means London transport. Uh, and it just goes between two stops as a cable car. Um, but I know things like the fact that that's called a roundel or um, that the buses they used before the current buses were in use for over 50 years because I went to the London Transportation Museum. That sounds just right up your alley. Absolutely. They have a section on transportation typography. I was in heaven. <laughs> It was in the transportation and design room. Mm, it was a good time. My, my favorite room. <laughs> What's that? Nothing. Just <laughs> like I'm making fun of you, but I would totally be <laughs> in, in very interested mm-hmm. in that. But the cool thing about going to a museum is there's a lot of older terms. Like if as you're going through the original, um, like they they start in the. 1200s when Mm. london was founded and then they move up through time and go to like the person drawn carriages where you're really rich and you get two other people to carry (laughs) you on their shoulders into horse-drawn carriages and then horse-drawn omnibuses and then on and on and on through the years and you get to know like omnibus meant for all in Mm -hmm. latin and that's where we get today's bus system the name for that for just the bus on right. the street is it's an it's a shortening of omnibus how for all were they really though i think relatively for all as long as you could pay for the middle class all right. but the cool thing about knowing all of those old terms is you can use them for code names Ooh, okay that's what you meant i right? was yeah. a little bit confused before I thought you meant, so Zach sent me a message on Slack and saying there are so many good code names here. And I said, 
Oh, yeah, you should totally talk about the code names for all of these transportation services on the podcast. Like, they're like secret little transportation services that you need the code name oh, to get into or something like that. Speakeasy buses. Yeah, basically. But that was not the case. No, I just meant that there were lots of opportunities for code names. And Stephen said, you should talk about them. And I said, Stephen, that's not how code names work. That's yeah. not the. So we're going to talk about how code names work, right? I suppose. Apparently there was confusion. <laughs> um, so are you going to share any of them or are you just going to keep them to yourself? Um, well, okay. There was one that I thought of that is something that has already happened in uh, in Milwaukee. They're building a streetcar, but there also used to be a streetcar, probably mm, like 1950s, okay. I'm going to guess. And then they took down the streetcar because it just wasn't turning a profit. So I think the name for the the the, the project to decommission that streetcar would have needed a name. And it makes me think of um, in London, they uh, London lies on both sides of a big river, the River Thames. Never heard of it. And they used to use ferries, steam ferries to get from one side of the river to the other or to get from one end of the river to the other. And that was their main mode of transportation besides these omnibuses. But then as more buses came to exist and the trains started getting better and there were underground trains, the steam ferries were less and less used. Eventually, there was like one company remaining and one of their ships capsized on its way from one end of the river to the other and a whole bunch of people drowned as a result. Mm-hmm. And I think um, a good name for the project would be the name of the company, that last company. I don't remember what it's called, but yeah. that would be a good way to do code names. That's the way that I think about code names. It's a good one. So you're moseying around Europe, are you? And you're taking some transit systems, but are uh, you walking as well? Yep. You transit systems are not door to door. That's inherent. Yeah. Not yet. Uh, Teleporters, Zach. Okay. Okay. Teleporters, sure. Until teleporters, they, they don't need to be. You can walk 18 gosh darn meters out your door. Oh, he's a he's a real European now, measuring things in the metric system. I've been here for half a year, Stephen. I think I'm allowed to be. Go back to where you came from. <laughs> Wait, no, no. Don't do that. Um, Go back to where you are. Stay. <laughs> Stay there. <laughs> This is um, a highly American audience that doesn't want to hear you and your strange cultural <laughs> ideals. Like walking. Or something. Oh I don't my. know. Walking. Walking to places. Okay, so since we don't have teleporters, you do need to walk to get from place to place, even if there are transport systems around. And I uh, hurt when I do that. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I start sentences and I'm like, hmm, where's this going? And that one went to a great place. (laughs) You hurt when you Uh, walk. If I walk for a whole day, it hurts at the end of the day. Okay, that makes sense. That is a typical thing. But Steven, you're the guy who was in track. I have never been one for stretching or anything. What, What do I do? How do I stretch out every... Like, I'm willing to get up and just every morning do 10 stretches and then... 
not hurt as much at the end of the day. Let me start by saying this is not a health podcast. Please do not take anything seriously. We are not doctors nor uh, trainers of any sort. Right. Now, with that disclaimer out of the way, another disclaimer. I was in track. I was not the best at track. We stretched a lot, but that was mostly for show because we're teenagers and we Mm -hmm. bend easy. Third disclaimer, that was coming up on a on three years ago and stretching technology has changed a lot since then it's possible <laughs> so the things we always did was like you would start off with an easy stretch do some other stretches that are easy then go back to that same uh area and then stretch it with a harder stretch and then do the same thing with the rest of those ah, stretches okay and keep going until you're just like in strange contorting positions hmm. So, like, if you have a daily regimen, you can get fairly flexible doing something like yeah. that. And if you just set, like, a goal, I'm going to do this stretch for 30 seconds today. It's going to suck, but I'm going to do it. And then 30 seconds won't be so bad tomorrow. And then once it's easy, you do it for 60 seconds or you do a harder stretch, basically. For walking, you're probably using your legs mm. and your back is what I'm guessing is the most sore. Yeah, my shoulders get sore, too, because I'm usually wearing a backpack. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I don't have many shoulder stretches. I didn't do okay. much of that kind of thing. I would Google it because it can give you much better advice much quicker. Backpacking Europe stretch. No, I don't want to learn how to stretch my dollar while backpacking through Europe. I want to know how to not break my back. I've also been doing, um, I don't know any of the words for any of these, so a sitting hamstring stretch where you like sit down and reach for your toes, right. heel up to your butt. Yeah, no, I know the one. It's uh, it's stretching your uh. quadrupeds. <laughs> quadriceps. That, that's not the right word. Quadriceps. That's, a, that's Don't stretch your four-legged animal. <laughs> I mean, they probably don't also do that. need stretching. Just let them do it. Yeah, don't but, do it for like, them. Yeah, don't do it for them. <laughs> quadricep is what i meant uh lunges i know the word for that one the mm-hmm. the shoulder stretches where you're making a triangle mm-hmm. um shoulder stretches where you hold and onto then, a door frame and lean oh yeah right um you can for your calves you can put your f- toe up against a wall and oh lean yeah forward yep i should be doing that one here we go I'm gonna add it to the list and then i've got um, um like a lay on back you cross your legs and then you pull your legs to your chest and that stretches your your butt mm-hmm. There was one that someone showed me. I can't remember. It's like for learning to do the splits. I don't think I need to do the splits while backpacking no, Europe. No, but um, I mean, it's a good stretch anyway. It's just not something. It's like the not your quadri- not your quadricep or your thigh, but like the bit on the side. Like if you're going to like the the type of splits where you're putting your legs like outwards isn't that not in front of you and behind you the tendons that would feel stretching if you did that that split i i would go with i would stretch those as well because you don't feel like you're using them but i think you are Mm -hmm. more than you think backs are hard because backs don't really stretch i i can't even stretch my back without stretching out my hamstrings a lot first anyway i think backs just like rest backs need like sleep need for you to sleep the back doesn't sleep (laughs) don't sleep in a precarious position sleep in a comfortable position where you're not using your muscles to hold yourself up what if i sleep and i like 
concoct a rig to stretch while I sleep. I don't think you're going to be able to fall asleep Like a Rube Goldberg machine. You're going to fall asleep and then a dog's going to run into a yeah. fountain and track water into the house and making someone slip who will drop a uh, tray of cookies of which a cat will try to eat and the cat eating will trigger a uh, pressure plate which will... Well, then when uh, the pressure plate goes... Pull Release yeah, a then spring. it pulls, it's like a pulley, and it pulls up my arm, and it stretches out my arm, but then as my arm finally, like, as it stretches out more and more and more, as there's more f- increased flexibility, um, it reaches mm-hmm. something else that, like, knocks uh, a lever over, or, uh, like, a teeter-totter mm-hmm. kind of thing over, and yep. a marble starts rolling down a track. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is a good idea, and you <laughs> should pursue it. You mentioned backpacks, and so I'm wondering about how you are managing putting things in your pockets. The same pocket system I have always used. It would be a problem if I had stayed in London any longer, but I'm maintaining my pocket system as usual. What is that system? Uh, Phone, wallet, uh, gum goes in my left pocket. Right pocket right now is passport, pocket notebook, pen and chapstick okay so i've been i've been thinking a lot about pockets recently and what triggered it is the transition from jeans season to shorts season so jeans have a distinctive pocket style yes so it's the one where you have um where where you would put your hands straight down into your pocket Mm -hmm. most shorts and i'm gonna call i'm gonna call this the next style of pocket uh slack pockets okay there are actual words for the pocket styles do not care they're called slack pockets now he's googling it and ruining my fun and ruining my Um, notes these are all shirt pockets (laughs) diagonal with zipper coin um (laughs) uh, this is a no flap oh these are all shirt pockets what the heck all right, slack pockets. Slack pockets it is. There's the style that sweatpants, shorts, and dress pants tend to have, where your hand comes in on the side. So I was thinking about whether which style of pocket I liked more, and they each have their ups and downsides. And so I wrote them down so that I could articulate them better. Mm-hmm. Jean pockets. The main advantage is that nothing ever falls out. Uh, it's been a long time since I wore jeans. Do jeans just have a straight line running parallel to the belt? Um, it's it goes in a like L shape, but the there is a straight line. The seam goes from goes straight mm-hmm. down from the belt, and then curves into a straight okay. line, into a yep. perpendicular. Yeah, I see line. what you mean. Okay, so nothing ever falls out of jean pockets. Okay, like if if I sat down the the pocket would close in on itself and make it impossible mm-hmm. for anything to get in or out if even if i had my legs above that 90 degree mark so gravity would be pulling on the stuff in my pockets to be falling then out then just the yeah bend of your hip closes the pocket right with the slack pockets things are way more likely to fall out because the pocket will you, things can still fall out of the yes. side basically so that's a major downside of slack pockets. However, with slack pockets, things 
that are too big for the pockets, mm-hmm. like my iPhone 6 Plus, do not stab mm-hmm. your thighs when you sit down or anything. So that is a major upside, actually. Yeah. It depends on how you look at it. Another upside to the slack pockets, if I may interject, is that you don't need to stand up to fish something out of your pocket. Yeah, that's... Okay. Yeah, I was getting to that one, too. It was That's a good st- feature of the pocket. And they're way better to idly put your hands in because the jean pockets are generally too tight to like comfortably mm-hmm. put your wrists in them. Okay, that all being said, I'm abolishing pockets from my life. Oh. That's what I've decided from this. Are you going to carry a satchel now? No. So here's what I, I'm going to experiment with this at least. In Europe, the style is uh, fanny packs across the chest. See, I was thinking about that. So uh, there's many different styles that I'm going to experiment with okay. over the next couple weeks. So the one I'm trying right now is a is a small backpack. Mm-hmm. So instead of putting my phone in my pocket, my keys in my pocket, my wallet in my pocket, my pen in my pocket, my chapstick in my pocket, my notebook in my pocket, it's all going to live in a small backpack. Uh, small like iPhone size, small like... Tall enough it could fit an Aquafina water bottle. It can fit a 13-inch laptop. Small. Well, it is. It, it's also thin, okay. right? So it's not like it has multiple layers. It can only mm-hmm. fit a 13-inch How laptop. How easily does it sling around? Like if you just are walking and think, I want my phone right now. How well can you grab your phone? Easily. So it it, it has, it's the... um Cocoon? Th- yeah, the cocoon one. So I can just put where my phone at the top. Okay with the straps and stuff so uh the the thing i've noticed from carrying around a backpack for a day day and a half now is that i use my phone a lot less than i think i do i thought i would be really annoyed by taking Mm -hmm. my phone out of my pocket all the time or out of my backpack all the time but i've just been using my watch and it's been totally fine oh yeah having the watch has got to make that so much easier yeah this is so so far i'm liking it i'm liking not putting things in my pocket it is uh, superior, in my opinion, for now. We'll see if it continues to be that. The other options that I'm going to try out is like a quiver kind of thing. Okay. So basically a fanny pack, but over your shoulder. Okay. Around the front, like in the front of you or over your back? Because I was in a shop that had it on somebody's chest slung over their shoulder. Fanny pack is kind of an option. Kind of. Yeah, so it's one of those like, yeah, I could do that, but I'd rather not be ostracized by the people who are in my life. The other option is to uh, find a company that will make me custom pants that have pockets just the way I like them. What's the ideal Steven pocket look like on pants? Okay, well, for phone, it's a thigh pocket. Like, totally on the outside, on your hip bone? Yes, because... If it's if it's snug enough, then it won't fall out, no matter what le- position your leg is in, and it's not stabbing you in the uh, in the thigh. Okay, so it's custom made for the phone. In theory, yeah. For wallet, there would be a a similar kind of situation, except instead of fitting the wallet it would just have slots for cards basically i'm putting a backpack on my legs like a little um pen pocket as uh-huh. well like the little cylinder sh- shaped but they ones. like yeah go on the outside it's like a utility belt you need to get a utility belt 
No, that doesn't work. Why not? Because they are, they're not convenient for sitting down. You need to get a utility belt that only goes around the front. What you're saying is you want That's a fanny pack. No. Because it's got a, you, the difference between a fanny pack <laughs> and a utility belt is that a utility belt has distinct pockets for each implement. And a fanny pack is just one big pocket. But you want a custom-sized pocket for your wallet and for your pen and for your phone. Yeah, I guess that would work. But I would also, like, I would want to put it under a shirt. Which you can do. Okay, no, I see what you mean. Yes. Um, hmm. How would you do that with a fanny pack or a quiver? Well, the quiver and the fanny pack, the, the style of them is to go on top of a shirt. Uh, a belt is not. So you need to get an ostentatious utility belt. No. Yes. It, it's not. A backpack. Okay, so mm-hmm. here's, here's my thinking. A backpack can. Oh, Jesus. I can't believe I'm saying all this out loud. Um, a backpack can look good, right? It can be stylish to yeah. go outside with a backpack. You can walk down the street with a backpack and no one's going to bat an eye because yes. that's a standard thing to do. Now, someone might bat an eye at a fanny pack, but if you own it enough, if you are confident enough with your fanny pack, right. you can pull it off. It is easier, in my opinion, to own a quiver because it doesn't have the same stigma that Mm -hmm. a fanny pack does and a utility belt like if you think about belts on a person they are a style item they are either a style item or they are hidden underneath a shirt right so you need to get a style item utility belt because you're saying the fanny pack would also be a style item yes but only so utility a utility belt that is also stylish cannot exist the nature of it makes it unstylish can a fanny pack that is stylish exist if you own it enough i don't think you can own a utility belt in the same way i think you could put sequins on a utility belt if you want to put sequins on a utility belt sequins does not make it more stylish zach (laughs) but the, the, the concept holds you can make it out of different fabrics or different colors or add little studs to it or whatever i disagree it has the same problem that it's just it's just too ugly to be stylish sorry to anyone who has a utility belt it's not an attractive thing it's like because the whole nature of it is that there are just lumps of things sticking out of your belt right so you either have a lumpy thing under your shirt line or you have a or you tuck in your shirt and you just have all of your stuff in little lumps. I fail to see how that is more of a faux pas than a fanny pack. One lump versus many lumps <laughs> is, I think, my distinction. All right. That's how my brain's deciding that. Also, fanny pack is established. It's, a, it's, it's an established thing that you can, that is looked down upon, but it is well known as like this is a thing and if you really really want to wear one you could if you wanted to but not many people i think more people wear fanny packs than utility belts as a as a style item i think you need to start the trend of utility belts or fanny packs utility belts there's already a fanny pack trend there have been they've all failed though right But there's no preconceived notions about utility belts besides that they are useful, that they have utility. Okay, so here's the thing, Zach. I, as 
a fairly average consumer of uh, of clothing and style items do not have the ability to create a stylish utility belt or utility belt of any kind really etsy hold on <laughs> oh it's a search term come on go i was wrong zach this is definitely a thing that can be styled i was so wrong <laughs> etsy is amazing okay so oh my god <laughs> this is amazing so Stephen has you've opened many my screw back uh, many experiments to do because utility belt I, the way I'm imagining it you can change the order yeah so okay so most of these I have a problem with because they don't okay. hold up your pants but I I can't imagine one that does hold up your pants and I don't think they need to hold up your pants I think you are able to have two belts what do you think yes because a lot of these people are wearing them above their shirt so. You, it's like a fanny pack, except yeah. it's a belt. And then you just need to make friends with somebody who's like decent at sewing, or I guess find somebody on Etsy who can make like a custom. Like I want a pocket that I can just fit my iPhone 6s Plus in exactly. Mm -hmm. Wow. Okay. This will. This is going to be some follow up. I will report back in two weeks, and hopefully, <laughs> I will have a utility belt. We are not doing the book club this week because, as I mentioned, I am traveling and with people and don't want to stop traveling with those people to read for a little bit and, like, a academic work and take notes and stuff. So hopefully we will be back in a fortnight with the uh, continuation of our reading of The Phaedrus by Plato up to some point that we determined... That hopefully Steven is looking up right now as I vamp, but maybe he isn't. Oh, he's not. I, I, I don't know. I don't remember. Where would we even have written that down? I probably wrote it down in the last show notes. Last agenda. Last agenda. Nope. That, that's what we were reading to last time. What about the show notes? Nope. Yeah, we are awful. Yeah. Um. Well... The uh, the Phaedrus homework that we set earlier still stands. And until then, you can reach out. Uh, maybe you are a non-dairy milk producer and you would like to sponsor us. Or maybe you make couture uh, utility belts and would also like to sponsor us. Ooh. In any case, you can reach me on Twitter. I'm at the puns guy. And I'm at not Stephen Barry. Please, please send me your... Uh, stylish utility belts. I'm very interested. Good, 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 goodbye. Good, goodbye. Goodbye.